0: Today on CityCast Salt Lake, it's Friday, which means we're rounding up the news you might've missed this week. Lead producer Emily Means joins me to help make sense of it. It's Friday, August 4th, 2022. I'm Ali Viarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Hey, Emily Means, happy Friday.
1: Happy Friday, Ali Vallarta.
0: Let's get into the news this week. As always, there's some good, there's some terrible. Uh, we are going to end in a happy place, I promise. I think that's a promise we've made for a couple weeks now, and we've done a good job keeping it.
1: I think so. And, um, you know, listeners' trust is paramount to us, so we will that's keep right. this promise. Yep, that's right. Okay, I would like to start with some traffic
0: news. Um Have you seen some of the please drive slower signs on the west side that uh, Salt Lake City Council member Alejandro Poi is making? They're yellow and black and they have like funny slogans to try and get people to slow down.
1: Yes. Watch out. Grandma's playing here. Yeah. Things like that. Traffic school sucks or traffic school is boring. You don't want to do it. Stuff
0: like that. I mean, of course, they're they're being designed by a council member, but I think it's like interesting to see so many citizen initiatives around traffic safety. Of course, last week we got slower speed limit signs and they've been going up all over the city for the past week. And that project will probably take a while, but our, our city speed limit officially dropped from 25 to 20 miles per hour. Now we're seeing like these homegrown signs, the homemade signs are nothing new. I feel like Like in certain neighborhoods for a long time, people have like made their own children at play signs and like. But um, the reason for it, of course, is because our streets are
1: simply too deadly. People are going too fast throughout the city. Um, People are on their phones. They're distracted Mm -hmm. and people get hurt because of it. Yeah. Yeah. Just this week
0: between. I want to say a 24 hour period but it's actually less than that because it was a Tuesday night there were two accidents and Wednesday morning there was another accident in Salt Lake City two fatalities resulting from those crashes. So someone who was skateboarding was hit by a vehicle and killed. Someone who was on a motorcycle was hit by a vehicle and killed a much larger vehicle. Um, And then one motorcyclist is now in critical condition. I haven't seen an update since Wednesday on their condition. Um, But yeah, our neighbors are dying in our streets because traffic violence, um, which is a term that I've seen like floating around Twitter is is traffic violence um, instead of calling it traffic accidents. So I don't know. It's it's like at once heartwarming to see the neighborhood effort of signage. Um, and then it's also just disappointing every time you open up, you know, KSL and more people are in horrific accidents. So yeah
1: obviously we need to do more to keep people safe on Salt Lake streets. I know that Salt Lake City is working on some new policies to make our streets more livable. I think it's it's called the Livable Streets Program. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we we would like to see some results. But right. in the meantime, I think just slow down, pay attention to your surroundings. And maybe if you're not often a pedestrian, let's say you take your car everywhere you go, get out there and walk around, get out on the sidewalk and see how you feel walking around mm-hmm. these city streets. And it might might change your behavior in your own vehicle. Ugh, I think that's so sage.
0: Yeah, that's great advice. Let's move on. Can you... Please, Emily Means, I beg of you, give us an update on the Salt Lake City School Board superintendent situation. Speaking of things that feel like they're dragging out forever and are confusing and frustrating... (laughs)
1: I sure can, Allie. So the Salt Lake City School Board met Tuesday in a closed session to talk about Superintendent Timothy Mm Gadson, and he has been on paid leave for weeks after the board offered him four months of salary, which was $73,000 in exchange for his resignation. So yes, this has been a long drawn out process. On the one hand, there are questions about whether this is racially motivated. Superintendent Gadsden is the first black superintendent in the district's mm-hmm. history, um, and he has the the full force of the NAACP behind him. Yep. On the other, there are questions about his time at the district. Um, he took a trip to a for-profit Christian university. There are also some questions about some staff that he's hired and their qualifications, um, although that step those staff members he hired are also black so that plays into this whole question of whether this is racially motivated mm-hmm. and um we don't we don't have any uh, resolution on this yet so um the the school district and superintendent Gadson are supposed to go into some sort of mediation at this point and uh the next school board meeting is scheduled for september 6th so if you have thoughts on this, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you can go to their public comment uh, session and let them know what you think.
0: It does feel like the Salt Lake City School Board has been a real rodeo this year. Like it, it feels like story after story. Remember, there was like the the reporting on school board members swapping text messages mm-hmm. that were grandma requested and were about like how much they hate the school yeah. board. Oh, my and God. Then, I can't believe I'm here at the school board meeting. Right. It sucks. Like, <laughs> yeah. can we all agree it sucks? And then, of course, former school board member was sentenced to 15 years for child pornography. Now we have this, like the school board is constantly in the news, not to mention all the, like, kind of like the culture war corner where like we have book bannings and Alta and like, um, so school boards generally are also just very much on the radar. All that to say this year is an election year for, um, some school board seats. So look into that because, some of your school board members or your district school board members, is probably going to be on your ballot this fall. So,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, Good we've seen to pay a, a lot of politicization around school boards in school districts, um, you know, during the pandemic with mask wearing and what those protocols look like. And like you said, Allie, with the culture war stuff around critical race theory and books and banning books and all of this. So uh, school boards are definitely like the hot new uh, place for, for policy to happen. And, um, you know, it's important to get involved in these things because this is a hyper local area for you to get involved in politics. So uh, pay attention to what's happening in your local school board. I feel like everything we're talking about this week is, like, an
0: ongoing issue in Salt Lake. Like, (laughs) nothing's, like, open and closed. It's, like, traffic. No new news? No new news. Traffic continues to be a problem. Salt Lake City School Board continues to have problems. The Great Salt Lake. Nope, that's fixed, actually.
1: We figured it out, guys. (laughs) Basically... My
0: understanding, but I'm going to defer to you here because you reported on politics in this state for so long, is that Brad Wilson put a number on it. He put a number on the cost of the crisis at the Great Salt Lake. That number is $32 billion. What else did he say?
1: Okay, so... First of all, kudos to the Great Salt Lake Collaborative, which we are a member of. Uh, This is a bunch of newsrooms and nonprofit organizations that have come together to report on solutions for the crisis at the Great Salt Lake. So um, this reporting was part of that collaborative and honestly, I didn't hear anything new, Allie. Um, mm. Ben Winslow and Amy Joy O'Donohue spoke with Brad Wilson about about the lake. And I saw a lot of what I saw at um, Speaker Wilson's Great Salt Lake Summit at the beginning of this year. So like, mm. we know this is a problem. We're going to start investing in it. Um, we're not too far gone. And that's like... That's the part that keeps getting me, Allie, and I know we've kind of been falling down the rabbit hole on this every time we've talked about the lake, but Mm -hmm. I guess I just want proof that we're not too far gone. Right. That's not the
0: evidence that it feels like we're getting.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it seems real bad. And so, yeah, the thirty two billion dollars, that's what he said it would take if the lake completely dried up. That's what it would take to, you know, basically save us from the toxic dust and to mitigate all of the other terrible things that happen because of that Um, One thing that we didn't get any resolution on was the Bear River diversion. And we've talked about this before on the show, too. Mm -hmm. Um, They're looking to divert water from the Bear River, which is the lake's largest tributary, for population growth, essentially, to support population growth in northern Utah. Mm -hmm. And environmental advocates worry that that could lower the lake multiple feet every year. But it's like, we don't even have that many feet left, (laughs) you know? Right. So Speaker Wilson didn't give us any resolution on whether that project will go forward. He basically said it needs to be planned very carefully. I don't know what that looks like. So that's kind of where we're at. Yeah. I mean, and
0: if you're listening to this and you just moved to Salt Lake yesterday and you're like, I'm sorry, who is Brad Wilson? (laughs) First of all, welcome. Great to have you. Second of all, you're going to get to know this guy's name. Brad Wilson is the speaker of the Utah House. And I don't know, Emily, I would say he's probably the, if not one of the most powerful people in the state because our Utah legislature has a super majority, a Republican super majority, which means that they can basically do whatever they want. And even if the governor vetoes it, they can take it back they can overrule a veto. And so as the Speaker of the House, Brad Wilson, he sets the agenda for the legislative session. Like he's the guy you got to convince if you really want very much done, especially when you're looking at a $32 billion problem.
1: Right. Which is why it's good that he's taking leadership on this. Mm-hmm. I think you're exactly right, Allie. He's one of the most powerful people in the state, between him and Senate President Stuart Adams. So it's good that he's Team Lake. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know, for me as a resident, I want to see something happen immediately. And right. so I came up with a couple of ideas. Let me know what you think about this, oh, Allie. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, imagine this. Mm-hmm. Giant tarps <laughs> on on the lake bed to trap the dust.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. uh. yeah. So or like a pool
1: bubble. bubble. Yes, like <laughs> a bubble. <laughs> like um, an indoor that's all tennis court. Exactly, exactly.
0: That's, that's the, that's, those are all yeah. your
1: ideas? Those are my ideas, <laughs> and I bet they won't cost $32 billion. So let's get some tarps out there, y'all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm sure environmentalists listening to this are rejoicing. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's all I got. Vote for me. <laughs> Look, I think, though, like, satirically, you make a really strong point, which is it's hard to be team-like without also being team difficult conversations. Mm-hmm. And it feels like we're trapped in this kind of loop-de-loop where we're talking about talking about difficult things, but we're not quite talking about difficult things yet. Mm. And so... um, Yeah, it's a problem. They continue to name the problem. Um, The solutions are going to hurt. They're going to impact our lifestyle. And we got to buckle up for that. But that is going to require a lot of leadership. And so I guess we're just kind of Sitting, waiting, wishing to quote Jack Johnson. Who, who We're I can't just over stand. here making banana pancakes. from another great Salt Lake Summit is planned for October 13th. It will be up in Weber County, so we will look forward to a robust agenda of very specific solutions on October 13th, and maybe that will come. Maybe it will. The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May 17th through 19th, and this is when I come alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court, and this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, music, and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home.
1: All right, Allie, tell me about the airport.
0: Yeah, okay. Speaking of infrastructure, we—I—I I feel like by now probably most Salt Lakers have heard this because it feels like the hot goss is that it was announced when we are going to get the tunnel to the B gates at the Salt Lake City Airport. The tunnel will save us, I think, like a thousand feet of walking. Um, It's called the Central Tunnel. It is arriving in fall of 2024. It's sort of um, amazing to me how much everyone complains about the walk at the Salt Lake City Airport, the distance to get to the B gates. Unless you are someone who arrives at the airport 30 minutes before your flight, I don't think there's really a reason to be upset about it. Now, as someone who arrives at the airport 30 minutes before their flight,
1: I feel like that's my lane. (laughs) I feel like you're probably narrowly missing your flight every single time you arrive. (laughs) Yeah. I couldn't live that way, Allie. I'm there at least two hours before my flight. I know. I, I tried to get there three hours before my last flight, but my boyfriend was oh like, God. that's ridiculous, that's, Emily. And I was like, is, is it, though? Is it? It's is funny it? It's because I was like,
0: I'm going to ask Emily what time she gets to the airport before her flight. And then I was like, I already know. <laughs> yeah. Almost every time I board a plane, I am dripping with sweat. My heart is racing. My anxiety is through the roof. You don't have to live that way, though. got on that flight. Yeah, but I don't know. There is something I think I get like a bit of a kick out of it. You know what?
1: I will say I like the walk to be because I like to walk, but I have to acknowledge that it is quite long, Mm -hmm. and if you don't like walking, if it exhausts you, um, that's a it's a solid, solid journey. Yeah. Um. But <laughs> it's not the worst thing about the airport, in my opinion. And actually, a friend of the show, Taylor Anderson, put together a thread about the worst things about the new airport. Hmm. Um. And for me, the worst thing is that you have to cross a bridge, to like a sky bridge, to get to the pickup. The pickup location. Otherwise, you're totally screwed and your rideshare or like your mom, whoever's picking you up, is not going to be able to get you. That was a huge Mm -hmm. oversight.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. Although I think generally the airport is quite beautiful. But yeah,
1: everyone gets
0: lost coming out. Everyone who's picked up a friend at the Salt Lake City Airport has had to be like, where do I go? You have to basically go. To the parking garage and then downstairs to get picked up. Yeah, it's kind of nice. a nightmare. Nice art there, though. Nice art. Yeah. OK. Um, This morning in your CityCast Salt Lake newsletter, if you receive it, which if you don't, why don't you? SaltLake.CityCast.FM. You can subscribe. Terina, Ria, our colleague, writes this beautiful daily little, like, just a little digest on the city. It's amazing. Um, but on Fridays, she is doing a segment called the best where she rounds up, uh, listener and reader and her own suggestions for the best of things. And we are going to adapt that segment to our show. So this Wednesday or next Wednesday, some people say this, some people say next, the upcoming Wednesday, um, Our show is going to be about the best breakfast burritos in this city. And if you have thoughts on where you can have the best breakfast burrito in this city, please call us or email us. If you have thoughts on what makes a good breakfast burrito, please call us or email us. Our email is saltlake at citycast.fm. And our phone number where you can leave us a voice recording, which we very well, might play on the show Wednesday is 8012030137. We want to hear from you. Where is the best breakfast burrito? What makes a good breakfast burrito? What else is there to say about breakfast burritos?
1: I don't know, but I have a feeling people have really passionate feelings about this. And we're not looking to yuck your yum, just like explain to us why the breakfast burrito of your choosing is the best breakfast burrito. And we'll mm-hmm. believe you.
0: Yeah, we'll believe you. So give us a call. We That will be our show for next Wednesday. We've got a special guest who is a breakfast burrito enthusiast that will be joining to discuss this at great length. Not too great length, but fairly great length. <laughs> and, and so we want to play your calls, and we want you to be a part of making
1: that show. This is the best news,
0: Allie. Yeah, it's the best of the best. And then if the show is super fun and we love rounding up the best of things, we just might start doing it every Wednesday. So if you're into that, let us know as well. Um, Emily Means, what
1: are you up to this weekend? I am getting peaches at the farmer's market. I am Mm. bound and determined. I've heard it's finally peach season and and I and I need some I need some Utah peaches. What are you doing this weekend?
0: Peaches are coming late this year because the weather was so finicky in the spring yeah, and so weird. it's like pushing all the fruit seasons back. This weekend I am probably going to another Bees game. I went Wednesday night and saw the Bees. It's I just it's so fun going to like this what I would call like the small sports games in Salt Lake like I don't know people are gonna get mad at me for saying that but like I think there's like jazz and youths football and then there's like everyone else and I think everyone else is secretly having more fun
1: at their games (laughs) I'll say it well I mean we also have a um, major league soccer team here that's right
0: Allie (laughs) That's right. (laughs) And Royale games are super fun and I like going to those too. Um, But I went to see the Beast. So the Oklahoma City Dodgers are in town, which is basically the like farm team for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, And they have a really good starting pitcher that everyone is excited about. Uh, His name is Dustin May and he has like flaming red hair. So he's easy to spot. I'm
1: I'm sorry. Like, when did you become, (laughs) become this baseball expert? I'm
0: not a baseball expert at all. You know what it is? I'm good at remembering when people tell me like a very specific thing. (laughs) What's his batting average? I don't know. You got that off the top of your head. (laughs) Absolutely not. Here's what I know is that the Dodgers fans are showing up and out. The entire B stadium was blue. People came out to see Dustin May and then this other guy, Chris Taylor, who um, apparently is also very good. And it is fun to watch a really good pitcher. I feel like that's actually That is the baseball player that is the easiest for me as a not baseball connoisseur Mm -hmm. to like identify as being good or not good. Um, Look at that picture. Throw that ball. Look at that wind up. So uh, it's been really fun. I went Wednesday night. I think I'm going to go back this weekend. Friday tonight they do their um, It's like Abejas night, so they wear their Abejas jerseys, which are special and beautiful. Saturday's Princess night. They always have some sort of a gimmick. It's always a blast. Okay, I I
1: actually think you've convinced me, Allie.
0: I think I'm going to go to the bees game. Oh well, I'll see you there then. I need a churro. I got to get a churro. Yeah, get a churro. I'll see you there. See you there. And I'll see you next week for more news. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. That's all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Our lead producer is Emily Means. Our producer is Diane Majapinto, who, by the way, celebrated a birthday this week. Happy birthday, Diane. We love you. Our newsletter editor is Terina Ria. And our host is me, Ali Vallarta. Music is by Mitochondria. We'll be back Monday morning with more from around this city. Have a great weekend.